Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, with two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is a man who loves a good musical about Egypt. Frank, how are you today? Oh, I just love a good musical about Egypt. I really do. When they sing about the pyramids, my heart just swoons. What does one of those songs go like, Frank, out of curiosity? Pyramids pyramids they're going up and they're really smooth they're not pointy they're really smooth all the way up because we're in egypt here come the pyramids that's on the spot because you did not know i was going to ask you to sing not bad not bad halfway through we were like why am i singing the spider-man theme song about pyramids or was yep it was good yep it was good frank what beer are you drinking this evening well my friend uh tonight i am drinking a Belgian, a Belgian quad uh, that comes to us from the uh, New Victory uh, Brewing Company, uh, and I find it to be ah, victory. Yes, the ah victory, uh, and I find it to be uh, not New Victory, Victory, Victory Brewing, uh, happy hoppy quad, and uh, it is quite, quite uh, delicious. It's mm. uh, got a little bit of a, it, it's a quad with sort of a pilsner. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, Pilsner base. Uh, it's sort of like Pilsnery on the on the front of the palate, and then it gets more sort of uh, has more of that classic Belgian quad Trappist um, uh, uh, f- fruity flavor, kind of on the way down. It's a cool transition. Like it, it actually is. Yeah, I like it. I like it quite a bit. It's just crazy how they can even get a drink to do that. To like it's. Yeah, it starts it's nuts. this way, but two <laughs> seconds into your mouth, it it's something else. It, it it is actually, uh, really, I think like an accomplishment, and it, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy how that works. But, um, yeah, that's that's an American victory, Hoppy Quad. What about you? What are you drinking today? Well, uh, an episode or two ago, you had mentioned you were drinking a German beer, and I said to myself, why. Why 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 Leopold? Why does Frank get all the German beers? Yeah, Le- I said to myself, Leopold. Why? Why am I not drinking a German beer? And so, um, by the way, I changed my name to Leopold. Oh, and, okay. So, yeah, that's okay. the piece that I missed. Yeah, Great. yeah. Because of Germany, obviously. So uh, I went out and got myself. <laughs> Aren't you so glad you're my friend? <laughs> so glad for so many reasons. <laughs> um, I went out and got myself a uh, Hofbrew Hefeweizen, mm. which I've had before. It's excellent. It's got it, it's a banana orange clove. Mix like mixture, mm. which you wouldn't think you're like, oh, good banana. I can't wait to have that in my beer. Shut up. You haven't had it yet. It's so 
good. It's it is like, very it's good. It's really smooth and creamy, though it's not. It's a Hefeweizen, so it's not. Um, it's not. It's not a stout, but it has this really, really smooth taste, and it's not like you can't really taste the banana. But if I said banana, you'd be like, yes, that's what that is. It's it. It really is very unique, and I, I would I would highly, highly recommend the Hofbrau Hefeweizen. Yes, it is. I've I've also tried that, and it is it is pretty outstanding. So I will also give it my seal of approval. Not that you need it, but no, I I mean I usually like it when you seal things, envelopes, yeah. yep, approvals, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that. You know, do you yep. wax? Are you a wax sealer, Frank, or are you just you know you just lick it? Oh no 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 no! I actually send an actual baby seal. Oh yeah wow. yeah, you really go for it. Yeah. I don't like to do anything, you know, uh, no half measures. No, just baby seals. Baby seals. Yeah. The seal of the seal of approval. It's just yeah. holding a little sign. That says, That's the Frank Ramblings seal of approval. It's an actual ba- seal. Actual baby seal. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Frank, do you give your baby seal of approval to the film The Prince of Egypt? <laughs> I sure do, Tim. Well, Let me that- tell you why. Tell me why, actually. Nah, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you why. But um, I, I first, I want to hear your first memories with this movie. Oh man, I remember going to the theater back in nineteen ninety blah 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 ninety eight. I think. Yeah, eight, like, yeah, yeah. It took me a second. Blah, you didn't get that from blah blah blah. Was, <laughs> sorry, it's it's the German beer. I'm all, I'm all, <laughs> I'm all confused. Anyway, yeah, I remember going back to see it in nineteen ninety eight. And go, growing up in a Catholic family, we were like, oh, man, Moses, I know that guy. He did some stuff. He has a big beard. And then he went off to fight the apes in the future. <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> so He became Ben-Hur, and then he went to fight the apes. <laughs> he, wow, that guy he's really lived a life, Moses, hasn't he? <laughs> he's really something. Uh, and now he's telling me that guns are good. You know, like, uh, we really, wait, really, like, like, confused. Yeah, so... So anyway, so we went to go see the Prince of Egypt, and I remember, I remember watching it. In, I remember watching it in theaters, and going, "Wow, they changed the story so much. I hate this." Oh, really? You didn't yeah. like it at first? No, it was like my first. It was one of my first instances of like being a fanboy and disliking that they changed the story. Right. It was it was a I it, like I had to think back after like going cuz this was pre-Star Wars, like um pre I'm trying to think what pre-Harry Potter, you know, like all the things that like at that age I was just about like I was fanboying about. You know, cuz well, I could say that I disliked Batman and Robin when I was a kid, but I was just at the point where I I couldn't say that I like actively disliked it, you know, like because I just couldn't figure out why I didn't like it as much as other things. What is this feeling of not liking things? And mm-hmm. so I remember walking away from the Prince of Egypt going like they just like like where was Aaron? He wasn't with them the whole time and you know, all this different all this crazy stuff like like why was Zephora like singing songs with him and like all this different stuff that I just did not get. Because when I was a kid, there was this Ben Kingsley miniseries on TNT because they know drama. Um, and uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, and we watched that a lot when we were when we were kids. Not a lot. Like it was like the fun. Like some people, some people put on cars and other people put on Moses. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben Kingsley. It wasn't like that. But um, 
But I remember watching it as a kid and and like not being like, but this is like the version that I know. Then upon retrospect, you know, and then watching the movie over and over and over and over again, I'm here to say with my um, testament of approval that it is one of the greatest animated films of all time. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think it is a they tell you right at the beginning where we try to be true to the spirit of the story, you know, even if it's not, you know, true to true to history or scripture itself, you know, it's mm-hmm. true to the spirit. And I think in an adaptation of anything, that's really all you can really ask for. Be true to the spirit of something, yeah. um, you know, but it, man, it is just a real spectacular film from top to bottom. The animation is tremendous. I'm really, really gorgeous cells that they're working with. And this is just about on the cusp of we're going to let the computers do all of it. So there's still this hand painted quality to a lot of the backdrops. And there's actually one particular scene in the song. All I ever wanted when Moses is like, when Moses meets Miriam and Aaron and they're like, but you're our brother. And he's like, what? Said, don't say that again, you slave. That scene right, you know what I'm talking right, about, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, Provasic. You know that scene. Yeah. So, yeah. That um, ballroom. Yeah. That ballroom. So there's a there's a, a a bit where the camera is looking at Moses, and then in one fluid motion, it does a it does a, a swivel to point at the palace of the Pharaoh, but it's all in one seamless shot. And so, which is very unusual, like there's no cut, and it's very unusual for an animated film to make that kind of swivel at that time, and 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 they just do it by here's the, here's, you know, what's behind Moses, and they swivel, and it's a blur of painted colors, and then it goes, bam, right into the palace, and you almost have to be looking for it to see it. Like to see like this is how you did it to do like the one like to basically do a one eighty with the camera in an animated film like mm. what mm-hmm. it's so it's stuff like that it's just mind blowing you know you know like like real artistry at work from an animated standpoint Frank you say things absolutely I I completely agree it is a, a huge artistic achievement and I I also really gravitate towards the animation style where you have the merging of some 3D elements yep. with the 2D elements mm. still still a lot of hand drawn stuff so there is some real uh, a real craft to it, a real like made with your hands craft mm-hmm. and artistry to it, and then this the use of new technology to really bring the visuals to life. It is a really visually beautiful movie, um, a stunning achievement. Um, I I um, I remember seeing it probably not right when it came out, not in theaters, but a couple of years later in school. Um, oh sure. Yeah, and uh, and and really, really enjoying it then. And the soundtrack oh, is actually Hans I'm, Zimmer, my man yeah, Hans. Yeah, and and lyrics uh, by Stephen Schwartz. Stephen Stephen Schwartz. Uh, Schwartz, and uh, uh, yeah, like really like power duo there. Um, before Hans Zimmer, you know, discovered timpani, and um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, it it really it's an awesome awesome soundtrack and that's really what i have more more exposure to i've heard the soundtrack a lot more than i've seen the film mm. um so i really love love the soundtrack and uh and then you know a movie that really stuck with me um a little bit later was the road to el dorado and and this also being a dreamworks film made in very much the same style um mm. but but in, in a 
arguably, I think a better a better version of that style in 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 Prince Ooh, of Egypt. Say more things right in, now. In Prince of Egypt, I think it's it's a better it's a better oh, use of that style. I thought you meant El Dorado no, no, no. was a better use, and no. I was I not I was like extremely interested in how you arrived at that conclusion because I haven't no. seen El Dorado in years and years like i'm going okay. talking like 20 years so oh like, wow okay. so i yeah. i was like super interested in how you arrived there but i understand yeah. now okay no 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 i think prince of egypt did it better i i think maybe because they had sort of more to work with like like better scenery to work with sort of in what they were and sure. the, the epic i mean literally biblical epic scale oh, yeah. um so the, so, pla- yeah, the plagues it, themselves raining down upon Egypt. I right. sent the fire raining down. It's a it like just um you know that that bit where the the brimstone rains down and the the pharaoh's eyes light up in like yes. the fire. And there's some really great stuff with like you know um the, the reflections and eyes and yes. you know like there's it, there's just some really powerful lighting even in like so when pharaoh's son dies and he's resting him in like the one beam in the stat like under the statues yes, the contrast there the stark like dark and yeah, light low key, yeah it, there's oh. some really like they're all in light and his son is dead and moses comes out of the dark into the light to reveal like it's just so well done and again I said this in our Shazam view when that was released that the film doesn't call attention to things, and I really appreciate when films don't, like for kids especially don't call attention to things. So when when Moses confronts confronts it's not the right word when Moses uh, sees the burning bush for the first time, God says to Moses, you know, remove the sandals from your feet for the place you are standing is holy ground, and Moses takes off his sandals, and he doesn't wear sandals the rest of the movie. He is barefoot mm. the entire film. So, like, the filmmakers quitted that. It was like, it's not just this place with the bush. Every place is holy. Mm. So treat all places as holy. It's a very interesting direction that, like, they took that thing. So, But the movie never calls your attention to it. You see him remove his sandals, and he throws them, and it's this, like, big thing that you see he removed his sandals. But if you look at his feet the rest of the movie, he's always barefoot. I don't think I ever noticed that. That's cool. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. And like it's just like that. it's just like smart storytelling that it's there for you if you want to be there to you know, to keep it open. There's some there's some beautiful shots of um Ramses and Moses talking to um Nefertiti and uh, Ramses the first. You know, there's some really great wide shots of, you know, and then the, the juxtaposition of that when Ramses the second is Pharaoh and how Egypt has expanded and like he's like it's it, stuff like that is just it's just so meticulously thought out. Yep. It's it's almost like I said that I, I watched the movie with Mary, my fiance, and we were sitting there and I I was watching the movie and I was like, this movie feels like the circle of life from the Lion King all the time. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It it does have that same magic to it. Yeah, but it's the whole movie feels the whole like movie that. through. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Which is which is great because Hans Zimmer also does the score to you know Hans Zimmer also does the score to the Lion King, including the Circle of Life. You know that's yes. not an Elton John song. Right. It's it's a Hans Zimmer song, and I, I mean to the Lion. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying. You know the words that are cut. You know the words that are coming out of my mouth, right? I they do. Make, they make sense. Yes. Um. 
And so, but you know, they, there's a, a really grand majesty to the Lion King into the Circle of Life, and there are other parts of the Lion King that obviously share that majesty, but but the Circle of Life, particularly that opening that opening sequence, and there are very few parts of Prince of Egypt that don't feel like that all the time, all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, let's talk about the cast. The I was just going to say, let's talk about the cast because it's and it's Batman stacked. and Voldemort and and Miss Congeniality and the Grandmaster. The Grandmaster. And, um, oh. Catwoman. And, um, Danny Glover. <laughs> and all the things that Danny Glover has been in. And Steve Martin Short. Steve Martin Short. Ugh, hilarious duo. So let's talk about Val Kilmer first. Val Kilmer, famously of the musical The Ten Commandments. You can watch it on DVD. It's a real thing. Check it out. Um, also of Batman fame and Top Gun and many other things. Sure brings a a humanity to mm. a biblical character that you the bible's tough because it, it's not unless you really dive into it it is very easy to paint over one dimensional characters you know one dimensional people in a in a story especially in those early books of the old testament oh especially in those early books exactly so the, so and so you really have to dive in. So, so the screenwriters and the the filmmakers were, and then Val Kilmer was presented with this problem: like he, he has to be likable and vulnerable, but also a leader. And like it has to, the film really brings out the pain that Moses feels by doing this. You know, he was close with his with his stepbrother, his foster brother, I guess. He was close with him, and then. You know, and in the song, the the plague song, he has this sequence, this bridge where he's like, this was my home. And so he has to go back to his home, this place that he very unwillingly left. He left because he like he basically had no choice. Well, he did, but he felt like he didn't. And and like he, it was the right thing to do, like this penance that he has to serve going out into the desert. And for then for and so for him to be like, this was my home how this pain and devastation, how it tortures me inside. And it's not even just about the brother. It's about the beautiful architecture that we've been looking at for half the movie is now being destroyed because of his mission. Mm-hmm. It's really, mm-hmm. and, and that's a tough, that's a tough sell from a voice actor. And I think uh, Val Kilmer doesn't get enough credit, I think for really bringing that vulnerability. There's a whole sequence where he just slumps up against a wall and cries. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's like the children's animated film, you know? Oh, you, yeah. Do you see that sequence when, when Shrek gets sad? I know? know, right? Like this movie, this movie in general deals with some things that are very, very, you know, tough for a kid's movie. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the plagues and slavery and genocide and, you know, all these things that are real heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does it really well. And I, I, it's sad to me. This movie is very overlooked. Um, it and, isn't. It isn't. I feel like when anybody says like, "Oh, the Prince of Egypt," everyone goes, "Yes, what a great is. movie!" But it's not. It doesn't ever make like lists of you know mm-hmm. the top hundred animated films, things like that. Yeah. Um, I just recently I was doing a little bit of research before we before we got on here, and um, it wasn't. It didn't get its Blu-ray release until like a year or two ago, a couple of years ago. Really? Like, yeah. I mean, it, which is late, you know, for a movie that came out twenty plus years, twenty years ago, twenty one years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it took a while. It, it got DVD release and whatever, but like it, it took a it, it 
it, it's not it doesn't get the same treatment as like I, I guarantee you Rotel Dorado got it years before. Um and they were only two years apart. Right. Um so I don't know why that is, but it's it it does seem to have sort of been somewhat forgotten. Well, it, um, it might and, just be and, it just might be because it it, it it's for a specific audience. Yeah, in yeah. some ways, you know. And yeah, so you know, very well could be Shrek is for anybody. Not that right. you know, not that the story of Moses can't be enjoyed by anybody, whether you're you know whether if you're a Christian, you know, Jewish, you know, Muslim, you know, Buddhist, whatever, you know, atheist. It's just a good story. You know, it and is, it, and, and it's especially a made movie with a good story. Yes, it really is, and especially the way this movie handles it. It's not. Re- I mean, it, it, it. The themes of the movie are not necessarily religious themes. Um, it, the lessons the movie teaches are less. Fo- God has a presence in it, right? Like the, the Israelites are 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 you know asking for deliverance, mm-hmm. and 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 God appears to Moses in the burning bush, and all that, like those things happen, but. Um, the themes of the movie are more about like self-reliance and counting on yourself and have believing in yourself and, and Moses like working up the courage to go back to his home and and stand up to the Pharaoh and and the stubbornness that the Pharaoh has of not wanting to let people go and 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 uh, and and learning the, the lesson that that he loses his son because of his own stubbornness. And then that's when he lets go of the power like. Those are the really the themes or it's more about it's more about those things. The film is teaching you more about those things than it is about like believe in God and good things will happen to you. Like that's not really the, the message of the movie. So it's interesting because it's a biblical story, but not necessarily in your face like, you know, a, I think, a believe in God story. I think it's digestible for yes. for anybody. And I, I think that's why I think why I'm drawn to it more than more than other even in some other films, not even religious films, just films, because it's because I I like films that don't slap you over the head with something. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me a good story and let me come to my own conclusions, and that makes a huge difference. But we got yeah. sidetracked talking about the story again. Yeah, after sorry. we got to talk about Val Kilmer, so let's talk about Helen Mirren and Patrick Stewart. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, let's talk about the fact that they're in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why like, do that's... the gods torment me? Like, oh, yeah. Be still, Pharaoh speaks. I say that at home when no one will let me talk. Nice. It, does, it doesn't work. doesn't work. No, the cat not, doesn't listen to you? No, he does not because he's a, <laughs> because he's a cat. Be still, Pharaoh speaks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Uh, He's actually wandering somewhere right now, so who's to say he's not listening to you? Also, because I have headphones on. But, Frank, they did a tremendous job, but they're itty-bitty parts. And so to be able, and there. so to get actors of like that caliber, be like, oh, Helen Mirren, you want to come read these seven lines? Helen Mirren, yeah. you know, her? You know, so I just, it, it really is tremendous. And so if you get into the bigger parts, even Danny Glover, um, who like brings this real warmth to his yeah, seven lines. You know what I yes. mean? Like you get these really big carry, like even Jeff Goldblum as Aaron is like barely in it. He barely says anything, but he's still in that. Like I'm acting Jeff Goldblum phase where I'm not just being Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So he bring Michelle Pfeiffer as the four Zephora and, um, um, uh, Sandra Bullock, as Sandra Miriam. Bullock. you know, there's a real, there's some, real weight to how they present their characters across the board. These are not voice actors. These are actors. Oh, yeah. Across the board, actors. And, like, that's not a disparage on 
voice actors who are incredibly talented group of people. Um, it's actually almost a compliment to the actors because they're not voice actors to be able to bring that level to the microphone. At, like traditionally, right. actors who are not voice actors, not trained voice actors, have a harder time adapting to right. expressing themselves without their body. And they, all of them, really bring something. But arguably, maybe none other greater than Ralph Fiennes, Ray Fiennes, as oh. as Ramses the Second, who is magnificent, like truly, truly outstanding in this film. Incredible performance by him, and and in a lot of ways, I really think that that he and Val Kilmer, like as a as a pair. Are, like the way they played off each other was mm-hmm. just, oh, like I I love the interplay between the two of them. Do you happen to know if they if they were in the same room when they recorded or if it was done separately? I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure. You can I use have, your one look up if you want. I guess I could. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it, it's fantastic the way that the two of them interact with one another, and and I absolutely love it. Ralph Fiennes is amazing in his portrayal of Ramesses II. When when. When Moses comes back into the throne room, back into Egypt for the first time, and uh, and they embrace each other, and there's this real joy that Ralph Fiennes brings to Ramses, and then to go from that to um, Moses kind of pleading his case and Ramses listening, and then as it goes and goes and goes and goes, for Ramses' eyes to snap open and for him to stand up, put on his... Th- crown basically you know his headpiece and say i do not know this god and it's just like his delivery of that line is so dead and flat because that's the ramses we're dealing with now so he he has gone from this exuberant place of emotional joy right down to this flat declaration as pharaoh as king and it's it's really really tremendous work from him and again like this movie just doesn't get recognized for those for those things the way that it really it really should um, I agree. I, I completely agree. I did find a making of the Prince of Egypt here on YouTube, which I will put a link uh, in the show notes. And it looks like it looks like from what what I can tell, it looks like they're recording separately. Yeah, that which so. is in in a lot of ways even more impressive. Yeah, the fact that they were able to make it seem that much, you know, that that natural. Um, yeah, is very impressive. Yeah, it's not a. Um, it is not a. Is, acting alone is very difficult, and so for them to for to take the next step from there and to to take the next step from there is just even even more grand. It's really yeah, what a time! Really, truly, what a time to be alive! Really, agreed. Are there any moments, quotes, like quotable moments uh, for you? Things that that uh, stand out the most? Is it that? Is it that one right there where you you talk about being pharaoh? In your um, house, to your cat? Yes, when I talk about being Pharaoh. Beef still Pharaoh speaks. Um, we've talked about a few of them. The death of Ramsey's son, you know, the angel of death. And I do not know this God is is particularly is particularly good. Um, the whole burning bush sequence, I think, is outstanding. And I've never really seen anything like it in any other adaptation of the of the Exodus story. Um it's really I love that God is the entire cast if you listen to them. So they didn't want one actor standing above the rest of them. So Val Kilmer is like kind of like the main voice of God. But mm-hmm. then all the other actors, including, you know, Xander Bullock and Michelle Pfeiffer and Ralph Fiennes, they're all whispering underneath 
And mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and so, it, I like that. It, it's kind of everybody and all of them. It makes its own little grand statement without making a statement at all. Right. Right. You know, and I, I, that's, and I enjoy that. I do love the little bits of comedy that they like felt like they had to sneak in there because it's a kids movie and it's a kids movie, right? Because sometimes they're there when you're not even really looking for them so like i happened to pause very briefly at the beginning of the plague sequence and like when the frogs are hopping down the the stairs and if you look their eyes are like wicked googly eyes oh i don't know what to do i'm out of the water what do i do i gotta go to the land and it's it is a hilarious little bit of i don't know animated comedy to kind of if you're even looking for it um i do think that the 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 Hoyt Up and Hoyt um, song there, you're playing with the big boys now, is yeah. seems very, it's very out of place. If you watch I the agree. film. I agree. It's almost like In the Dark of the Night from Anastasia, Rasputin's song. It has, it is, it has nothing to do with anything else that is it's, happening. Let's right. add some, let's add some levity. Let's add a comical element to this. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree. And it's a I fairly sinister song. It's not even that funny. Yeah. No, but it's like let's get these comedians to do this, you know, this this funny bit. Yeah, get down light. here, young man. Yeah, I think yeah, it's just uh, it's lighthearted. It's not. It's not. It's comedy. Still I wouldn't serious. call it comedy. It's lighthearted. Yeah, it's there lighthearted. really isn't a lot yeah. of comedy yeah. in Moses. The the arguably the biggest bit of comedy is is at the beginning when Moses drops the like the balloon of punch on Hot Top Hoytep and Hoyt, sure. and then when he falls into the well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then Zephora drops him back in. You and she drops him back in. That's probably the two biggest instances of comedy. In sure. The film. Yeah, those are played for laughs. Yeah. Yeah, but that's fine. Uh, I mean, every I any good drama needs a bit of levity to, of course, like, it bring the tension of course it does. to yeah. bring the tension down, just like a good horror film. For uh, me, a moment that stands out. Um, uh, so my wife and I both both love this movie. She more than I. Maybe she may have seen it more than I. Um, it's like it's the first CD she ever owned when she was a kid. So she was really big into it as well. You know, same generation, same the right right age for all three of us, right? Where that's sure. uh, mm-hmm. something that meant a lot to us as kids. And um, in All I Ever Wanted, when Pharaoh um, replies back to Moses, you know, is this what you wanted? Oh, yeah. Um, that is a line that the two of us say to each other all the time oh no that's the plague song all ever oh you're right you're right you're right it's because it's, it's he's reprising all i ever wanted all I yes ever right. wanted. yeah yeah. Yes. No, Sorry. no, no. But is that what you say? That is this what you wanted <laughs> all the time? Like, like if one of us, like, like I don't know, I'm clumsy. If I like spill something or whatever, instead of being like, "Oh, look what you did," she'll be like, "Is this what you wanted?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, I am going to do that the next time. Um, Mary. The next time you're over. Something for oh, oh. no. Next time Mary <laughs> asks me to get something for, she will lose it. She loves this is movie. Is this what, what you wanted? wanted. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Great. We do that a lot. We do that a lot. It's fun. <laughs> you know, the opening sequence of this film, like, you know, kind of like the <sighs> circle of life I talked yes. about before, it, like, is really spectacular. And um, we talked about Hans Zimmer's music uh, as well, but, like, his pieces that are not lyrical pieces, but the, the melodic pieces of the film oh, are yeah. 
outstanding. The score is the score the is score beautiful. Is one of his best, like top three Hans Zimmer scores. Go and listen to the Prince of Egypt score. It's really... I listened to it today. I listened to it today mm. to to brush up because I haven't listened to the score. Like usually, I skip just to the songs. Sure, uh, if I'm listening to it, but I hadn't listened to the score in some time. And it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful score. I wish he still wrote like this too. I know. I really wish he did. I know. Me too. I miss I miss that style. But but it's it's beautiful and it's there to listen to whenever you want. That's right. That's right, and he has tons of movies that do have that maybe more melodic style, but he's in a new phase of his life. Good for him. So, Frank, do you have any final thoughts on The Prince of Egypt? I It's it's a visually beautiful and a musically beautiful movie with some pretty mature themes that is literally, like, appropriate and fun for the whole family. Um no matter no matter what you believe, no matter what your your beliefs are, um, it is a it's just a good story about human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Well, good, Frank. You can find us at beerwithgeeks dot com and Gmail and Twitter and Facebook. You can find at uh, Frank Ramblings and I at Frank Ramblings and Timothy PG thirteen on the Twitter. You can rate and review us on iTunes and find us all the places that podcasts can be found, pretty much everywhere. Obviously, because you're listening to us, and then of course. You can go over to patreon.com slash audio to check out all other Thought Thought Bubble Audio shows to give us some money because it's Patreon, you know, to help us keep the lights on. And you are able to get early access to new shows and to outtakes and to Frank Frank Ramblings Ramblings about Supergirl um, uh, for Supergirl TV Talk and all such things. And, of course, you can check out my new podcast, Read Up which is a delightful podcast all about books, 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 mountains of books, towers of books, towers of books. Anyway, so, Frank, I say until next time, cheers. cheers.